made a bold claim before we started recording. Jared, what was that? I have every intention of being on this show four times this season. <laughs> that's like a Joe Namath fucking guarantee right there. I'm not guaranteeing shit. I'm just saying that's my intention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Brown fan. We don't guarantee shit in Cleveland. I'm <laughs> throwing that out there. <laughs> hey, you guys got Deshaun Watson now. So you, guys, you guys are in pretty good shape. Yeah, we'll see if we have him the entire season or not. That's my biggest concern with that deal. Uh, I mean, you have him, and then you have the baggage that goes with him. And that's a really controversial way to start the A-Show here on CKCC Radio. <laughs> Matt and the finally victorious Chris Decker. I am I have my both of my hands in the air right now. Like, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think. What wrestler would – what was their pose on the turnbuckle with two fingers, two pointer fingers in the air? Who would do that? Who does that? Daniel Bryan? Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I guess. Would be. You want to know why I associate him with the one finger up, but I guess if the pumping of the fingers would be the uh, Daniel Bryan. But uh, this is my this is my Quackenbush with one singular unmoving finger. <laughs> this is Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Speaking of guys with a lot of baggage, my Quackenbush. Right. <laughs> so Not in you. the NWA in 1988, surprisingly. No. Let me tell you about ice cream sprinkles and how they don't hurt your hands like thumbtacks. <laughs> so, one, this is not a video podcast, so no one will see Phil Stamper doing the Mike Quackenbush impression. Yeah. Phil loves Mike and has since 2000. I've, ne- I've never met Mike. I, I hear things. <laughs> he certainly didn't introduce himself to my wife as Mike Quackenbush at Shane Storm's wedding. We'll just say that. <laughs> So I'm wrestling's Michael Quackenbush. You may recognize me from, you know, my book, Headline, a story about Michael Quackenbush. Is someone like shuffling cards? Oh, sorry, I had my massage gun going. (laughs) What the fuck? We're not recording yet, are we? Yeah, we are. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought we were still, like, getting ready. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm better. I am all things put together. So that massage gun belongs to the president of wrestling, Phil Stamper. Hi, everybody. Phil. (laughs) Phil, who once upon a time had my own sister fire me in the middle of a wrestling ring. It was fun and well-deserved. And then Kevin Graham hit me with his shoe. Never. Oh, he definitely did. <laughs> the, the streak between 
2016 and the, like, what was it, middle of 2017 GSW, maybe my favorite time in wrestling bar none. Oh, good. Yeah. And, and you were a huge part of it. So, uh, if I, if I haven't said thank you in, in, in time, uh, thank you for just like that one, uh, it was the show in July where you turned heel and they're all going fire Phil. That was, oh, I got goosebumps driving home after that, man. Holy really? Yes, I did. I did. Awesome. I, very, I called Joey Image on the way home being like, Joe, you missed the hell of a show, man. It was, we had lightning in a bottle at that point in the Music Youth Center, which is still there, which is where my daughter takes cheer classes now. And there certainly was not, on my drive there tonight, a giant wooden cutout Bigfoot painted with the American flag holding the Canadian flag. Is that at the corner where the gas station is that stupid house? No, not that stupid house where they talk about the puppy mills, but they're also terrible people. Is it the house that... Is it the house that shot their neighbor because they parked in front of their house when it snowed? No, that's that's oh, oh that's miles away. <laughs> I thought that was in music. I thought that was like right there. None of this makes any sense to Phil's opponent. <laughs> Nod. <laughs> Joining us from IWTV Guide and a host of Northeast Ohio Indies, Ref Jared Hawkins. Hey, Jared. Hey, everybody. And uh, so, so we got representation of Northeast Ohio and Northeastern PA. I, uh, I, I would love to see the comparisons there, but there are uh, <laughs> one has one has essentially an ocean, and the other one doesn't. Northeast Pennsylvania have better food. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> Reluctantly agree. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, there is not a decent slice of pizza anywhere in Northeast Pennsylvania, and I will challenge anybody to show me that I am wrong. I, I think I've witnessed you eat good pizza. I don't want to hear it. I'm, I'm not going to lie that I've, I mean, I've had to have eaten the pizza to have to try it to see if it's any good. And I'm not saying, like, it's bad. I'm just not saying it's not the best. Mm. So what Phil is probably trying to delicately say here is that he doesn't like old forge pizza which is a um it is a um what's the word a delicacy if you could use that phrase it's a it's an acquired taste an acquired taste that's what I like. but these two will be battling tonight in the realm of 1988 nwa and we will let our listeners get to know them we'll let uh jayhawk here go ahead and introduce himself first hey well i'm jared hawkins also known as jayhawk uh, as Matt said, I am the one of the co-hosts of the IWTV Guide podcast, available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Uh, basically, we go over the schedule <laughs> of what's going to be on IWTV for that week. We take one show that's in their vault, review it. Myself, Jay Gold, and Marky, we do that at, pretty much every week. Uh, we also have a regular spotlight segment on that show where we highlight one person on the independent scene and give them a few minutes ju- of just pushing them and getting them over. Uh, in addition to that, I it, I do uh, work for several independent promotions. I work for Real Action Pro Wrestling, Rubber City Wrestling, Mega Championship Wrestling, and Power Slam Pro Wrestling. Those are all based out of Northeast Ohio. Uh, referee in three of those promotions actually uh, work as a manager in Rubber City Wrestling. I just got named their manager of the year for last year. So. Oh, awesome. Hey, congrats. Thank you. And if you want to watch these shows that they watch on IWTV Guide and you're a first-time user of independentwrestling.tv, Use the code word DRAFT, and it lets Jerry know that you signed up because you heard about IWTV on the A-Show. 
yeah. And that's it. <laughs> that, that is all you get is credit for us. <laughs> it, it tells uh, Jerry.TV that you are listening to the A-Show. Speaking of Jerry.TV, Phil also knows him very well. Phil, take a moment and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Philip Samper. People know me as the pre- currently know me as the president of wrestling. I am the authority figure at about a half dozen different promotions, primarily in the East Coast, and then randomly pro wrestling revolver in Iowa. <laughs> Where something you said uh, made me think. So you know, because of the pandemic, we didn't have an event for two years out there, and then we went back, and I was like, no one's gonna remember because I'm very much in a storyline. I'm not in the ring. I'm not on television, and almost everybody else at revolvers has like is under a contract somewhere and i was like no one's gonna know who the hell i am i got the loudest response of the night being booed out of the building and i loved every second of it um and i was like yes they hate me um it was doing exactly what it should have done in this last year of the pandemic um i have debuted in four states that i've not been involved in in wrestling before um yeah well i guess it's sort of mixed. Like last week, this past weekend, I was in Indiana, uh, wrestled for three promotions I've never been a part of before. I've never wrestled in Indiana, but I've been a part of a promotion in Indiana before. Uh, went to Pele Pro in Texas, had never been, uh, other than like when Revolver had a WrestleMania event there, the last time WrestleMania was in Texas, I've never been involved or worked with a promotion there. And I've never actually, I hadn't been to Texas since I was three. I've done Ignite Wrestling, which is down in Florida. I did OKX, which is in Oklahoma. So in the middle of a pandemic, I was staying pretty busy with stuff. And I, I had to update my resume, my wrestling resume last night. And I'm like, wow, I should word this better. <laughs> how, is it, how is Indies in Oklahoma? It's well, it's it's interesting because it's it's a little bit like my experience in Maryland because it's commission state. So it, there, as I have found in my life, there are sometimes circles of people and now circles of how people physically will travel and there are a lot of people in Oklahoma who like will go down into Texas but not a lot of people go to Oklahoma per se because it's it's there's there's a lot of steps to get a license there and so but there's good there's great talent but I don't think they're known enough in in some cases like Luke Langley is out of there Wesley Crane um Dmitry Alanov John uh Oh, what is it? Is John Bloodcross, Tommy Dean. Like, there's a lot of really talented people there that are getting out. Like, when they go out, like, they're phenomenal talent. But I feel like there's not a lot of buzz towards the promotions that are in Oklahoma. So, Are any of them on IWTV? We can push them on my show. I feel like uh, Wrestling for a Cause, WFC, is – I can't remember if they're on IWTV or if they're – Trying to get an IWTV. I feel like there's a connection there, and I, I don't want to – I feel like I'm misrepresenting. It's so, crazy to say yes, that. Wrestling for a Cause is on IWTV. Okay, I will make a note of that. We'll have to work that into one of our upcoming shows here. I have known Phil for literally 22 years now. I'm sorry. Nice. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I don't I'm, – I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And Phil – is very Phil was very instrumental in opening the door to indie wrestling to a lot of people in Northeast Pennsylvania. We all owe a lot to Phil. Phil is also someone that I before I knew the guys from Groundbreaking Wrestling asked me in a line at the Electric Factory while we were waiting to see Bad Religion and Less Than Jake if we knew Phil Stamper. It was very weird and random. 
That's where we established there are eight of me. Yes. <laughs> Phil, do you have any kind of like uh, like a purse and tea store? Do you, do you actually sell any merch? So I mean, I'm I'm I have a t-shirt designed. It's not anywhere. No, no offense, I'm not a big fan of pro wrestling tees. I I, I, I was using that as an example. Just uh, I, I I've heard there's a lot of people that are not a PWT folk. I am I have no idea of the organization of things. I don't like the fact that I have gotten a number of pro wrestling t-shirts that have the same hole in the same spot, like right in the middle of the chest, and most of the <laughs> ah! most and that most of the inking has worn off entirely. So Ooh. that that is my own personal take on on why. If you ever get a, a sticker decals of your presidential seal, I'm going to take some because I am I'm starting to line my hard hat at work with wrestling uh, stickers along with construction site stickers. Well, I do have that because somebody right. bought me a box of uh, my logo stickers. I was like, that's awesome. We'll hook up after the show. Cool. That's good. Yes. <laughs> So, with that said, tonight, today, this morning, I always forget that this airs at 9 a.m. on Mondays, but we record at night. So, I always say tonight, and I'm like, wait a minute, you're probably not listening at night if you're listening to this. So, whenever on whenever on the clock you are listening, you will be hearing a draft of 1988 NWA. Uh, that was Jared's pick. Thank you, Jared, for something we have not even come remotely close to yet. I think Jason Diagostino from None Other Sports Podcast had us do 1989 NWA. Yes, that was the earliest we have for uh, for NWA. Um, I know during the first tournament of champions we did 1985 WWF, and that was a treat. Yeah, that was uh, George Gatt and Chris O'Mealy. That was a, that was a good uh, show. Yes, it was. So, 1988 NWA is the topic here tonight. We're going to be doing the pick-a-number version of who gets to draft first here momentarily. But a reminder of the rules, or if you're a first-time listener, your first introduction to the rules. Phil and Jared will take turns drafting from the 1988 NWA roster. They may draft individual wrestlers. They can draft tag teams. They can draft stables. But however they draft people, they have to use them together. This goes back to our first episode when Decker created the tag team of Psychosis and El Porto Riqueño. Hell yeah. Or the time that Adam Van drafted all of Fortune. (laughs) You can draft a wrestler with a title that they held in 1988. So in 88, I think Flair was the world champ for the entire year, correct? I believe you're right. Luger held the U.S. title, I believe, at least a portion of the year. No, that, no, he did not. He lost it to Dusty Rogue and Dark 87. Okay. So Dusty held it, and then... I think it was Barry Windham after that, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, and then the tag titles, Arn and Tully held them until they dropped them to Luger and Windham, who then dropped them back to Arn and Tully, who dropped them to the Midnights, I believe. Uh, there's also the TV title, the Western States Heritage title, the U.S. tag titles, all in play. If they get drafted, those titles remain with that person or a team, and they are off the board. Round seven is the wild card, so that's anyone from outside of the NWA in 1988. You can draft them in round seven. I will say you can draft someone who's on the NWA roster with someone who is not, but again, you have to use them together. 
Uh, they will take turns drafting until they feel they have a complete roster to build a card. We will allow for trades, up to two trades, and then there will also be a, a point where you can draft unrestricted free agents. We'll take a break, we'll come back, and the guys will present their cards. So, Decker, take it away for the drafting order. I have a number, so I'm going to let Jared your first uh, your first number. Four. Phil. Nine. Jayhawk is the winner. The number was two. All right. So with that said, Jared, you are up. Let's begin the draft. All right. I am going to open with the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Ric Flair, along with manager James J. Dillon. Oh, taking with the manager. Good call. Go to Phil. Uh, I am going to pick, going between two people. I'm going to pick Sting. Good pick. Okay. I'm I'm gonna get one more one more title off the board here. I'm gonna pick the NWA World Tag Team Champions, the Midnight Express, oh. with Jim Cornette. Oh wow, that was my number two. That was dark. <laughs> well, they weren't tag team champions in 1998, but they were a part of the roster in 1988. Uh, the fabulous Freebirds, Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes. Okay. Um. Let's go ahead and take the Rock and Roll Express off the board. We're heavy on the tags already. And within three picks, I think I already see where Jared's going with one of his matches. And I don't blame him. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to leave me with, let's do the tag team of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Okay. I'm not writing down who who I have. (laughs) (laughs) I'm writing down who I I'm writing down who I have and who you have. Just make sure I'm not double, you know, trying to draft somebody who's already been drafted. Gotcha. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping track. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Next to Sting, you're probably the hottest baby face on the roster that year. Let's take Lex Luger. I'm taking. Uh, let's go. Let's go, Barry Windham. Yeah. We were with the U.S. title. With. All right. I think this is a good place to take the American Dream Dusty Rose, baby. Ah. Oh. <laughs> wonder what he's mad about that I took Dusty today I did that shitty Dusty impression yes <laughs> fair uh, let's go Nikita Koloff nice damn it this Can't is your one round warning this is round six of so the wild card will be next so you have one more regular roster pick and then you have the wild card after this next pick I hope somebody just takes, like, Jumbo Saruta and throws the whole thing out of whack. <laughs> I take Rock and Roll Buck Zumhoff. <laughs> oh, God. Wrong company. Who's going to want to do that? Come on. Jimmy Valiant and the Jones Army all still on the board. <laughs> um, crap. You know what? They're still out there. i got to take them. Take the Road Warrior and quit Paul Allery. Good pick. Good pick. Yeah, excellent pick. I'm going to say Dr. Death Steve Williams. Oh. Do you want to take the UWF title? He technically he did have it for like two weeks at the beginning before they got rid of it. Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean I have to honor that. I was just in a UWF UWFI match last weekend, so yes, totally UWF. <laughs> and that brings us to the wild card. Okay, and I am going to go ahead and take the unified AWA and world class world heavyweight champion Jerry the King Lawler. Oh. oh, I like it. I like that pick. I, I need to look up 
something super quick. So bear with me as I as I try to find a title history. Uh, what year was that? Shoot. Jared, you were putting on a star-studded event, man. You got, like, I think it's your fourth title? Third. Third title? Oh, because Phil had the UWF title. Phil has a couple, too. He has the U.S. title, and he has the UWF title. Woo! When, when was Macho Man heavyweight champion in WWE? 88. 88 and into 89. Let's go Macho Man with the title. Good Lord. That's what I was trying to find out. I just couldn't find the year. And that brings us back to Jared and back to the NWA roster. Okay. Uh, let's see here. This is a shootout here. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? We're going to take, you know, Kenzo Suzuki's, you know. I got a list of, I've got a list of everybody that was on the roster, at least according to wrestling data in front of me. I'm trying to see who, who's going to work best with who I've already got here. Got a couple of openings. Let's take one more tag team off the board. Let's take the Sheep Herders. Oh, man. That's a sneaky good pick. Yeah. And as Phil's looking, I, I just want to make a note here that when Jared picked uh, the Road Warriors, that was in round six. Think about how deep this roster is that the Road Warriors lasted until round six. Fucking A. And they were like maybe the maybe the fifth tag team taken. Yeah, this is this is quite the roster here. Hopefully that bought Phil enough time. <laughs> uh, uh, Kevin Sullivan. Good pick. Another another good pick. The Games Master from Singapore. I need to watch more Kevin Sullivan. For reasons. Apparently Kevin Sullivan and J.J. Dillon were on Judge Steve Harvey this week. I didn't even know huh. Judge Steve Harvey was a thing until somebody told me that. But... <laughs> I remember when we used to do shows from a hat, we randomly found 1976 uh, WWF Madison Square Garden babyface South Boston Kevin Sullivan. Oh, oh yeah. wonderful. And we were just like, wow, this is really good. Pre-Dungeon of Doom babyface stuff, I enjoyed a lot. Okay, I think I'm going to go ahead and take the uh, NWA World Television Champion Mike Rotundo. Mike Rotunda, however, however he spelled it that year. <laughs> <laughs> I also Depends remember on what side of the Mason Dixon you're on. Pretty much. I also remember when we did shows from a hat, and it seemed like there was a Mike Rotunda slash Rotundo match every week, and he was always the sweatiest man on every show that we <laughs> <laughs> Like they locked up and Not he's wrong. just dripping. Right. And then they had him wrestle in a suit, because that's what you do. To someone who gets overheated very easily. You have them wrestle in a suit. And and you already took the Steiners, didn't you? Or did you? No. Well, well you, can't, you, you can't take Scott if he wasn't there in 88, but Rick's still on the board. Oh, he wasn't? Okay, okay. Then I'm going to go Bam Bam Bigelow. That's actually a sneaky good pick, too. Get one, we're going to get one last title off the board here. I'm going to take the Western State Heritage Champion, Larry Kabisco. Um, and I'm going hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. Oh, man. man, I can't wait for these cards. I am like salivating thinking about it. Same, like I'm looking at what has been drafted here and some of the pairings that there could be, and this is this is going to be a tough decision already, I think, for our voters. Right. 
What I've got will give me five magic. I want to try to get, I want to try to get Kevin here. Let me see here. Phyllis, somebody that's been in the business that long, what do you think? What's the sweet spot for matches on a card? Is it six, seven, eight, or nine? Ooh, eight is always good because you can either split the event directly in half or you can go five, three, like five intermission, three, sort of depending on what you need or have. I, I kind of like eight. But that is that is just my personal preference. But I think it always right. always depends on like sort of what's happening on the rest of the event because you can always trade a match for a segment and get the same kind of reaction from a crowd. That is fair. So then, so then maybe seven. That way you can that you can leave room for a for a segment. I'm always partial to seven, and I remember when Decker and I would book. You couldn't tell because we always wound up with like eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's always how it happens. Uh, we, we, we had good intentions to have seven or eight, but I feel like seven gives everything a chance to breathe on the card, and you don't really overstay your welcome. But uh, eight is fine, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and take I got a couple of different ways I can go here. If he's still on the board at this point, I have to take him. Rick Steiner. Um, I'm floating between roster pages. Let's see. I'm gonna go. Oh no, that I, I almost called something from the wrong year. Uh, let's go. Kendall w- Wyndham. Kendall's the one that uh, passed away, right? I can't actually remember. Um, I believe he did a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, I know Barry's still alive, and Kendall's the only other one I know. So. <laughs> well, if Barry's alive, I, it must be the other I one. think. I think Kendall's still alive. I don't see a date of passing. I think it's Bobby Duncan. You may be thinking of Bobby Duncan. He did. He did pass. You have another West Texas redneck. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of redneck, I am gonna. I am gonna take another redneck, Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch. Very cool. That's good. That's really good. Oh, where is he gonna fit on this card? Like, <laughs> hopefully taking on Larry Zabisco. <laughs> <laughs> Zabisco tries to stall, and Dick Murdoch goes no, and just punches him in the face. Just chases him until he gets to his car. <laughs> I actually have another idea for Kabisco, but that ain't good. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of didn't think of it actually. I'm. Uh, I thought I saw somebody else at one point on the on on the roster, but I don't. I don't see them now. Yeah, I'm gonna hold on that one thought. Let's see. We should, <laughs> I'm glad we don't have time limits on this, or I'd be in big trouble. Um, <laughs> it, it was suggested when we first started this podcast should we have a shot clock at 24. I'm gonna say Dustin Rhodes. Was Dustin there in 88? Yeah, he, he was. Very, very, very briefly, he actually teamed with Kendall Wyndham. They were the young Bronco for like two weeks. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I want to team with the old Broncos. <laughs> got John Elway on it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can the ring from Denver, Colorado. <laughs> John Elway. Okay, I know I said I was done with I, I was done with te- with title, but one more. Uh, United States Tag Team Champions, the Fantastic. I am gonna say the original Midnight Express, Dennis oh. Condry and and uh, um, Dennis Condry and was it Randy Rose? Yeah, Randy Rose with Polly dangerously as their manager. I would put Dennis Condry and Ricky Reyes. <laughs> Ricky Reyes. Think of the way of the ring, Dennis Condry, and at seven years old, Ricky Reyes. <laughs> <laughs> It feels like he's been in wrestling that long. Love you, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good pick, Phil. But is that who I was going to put the Fantastic against? And you just shot that fan all to hell. 
Uh, let's go ahead. Shit, you took Eddie off. You took Eddie off the board already. I just picture you doing the the Clash One match with the Fantastics, and now the original Midnight Express, and Dennis Condry and Randy Rose just not being able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> they actually did have a really good two out of three falls match on TV, like right at the end of '88 or beginning '89, like Christmas weekend, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, look. That Clash match is one of Matt, Matt's favorite matches. I love that match. It's just so chaotic and amazing. All right, let's, uh, you know what it would was be. There Gary Hart stuff in 88? Yeah, Gary Hart, Gary Hart was around. I think he was with, hi, I'm, I'm in Delaware, Al Perez. Yeah. <laughs> right, you know what, they can pretty much filling a spot on the card at this point, but I, I see Terry Taylor's name on here, and I was trying to look for a tag team partner for him. Screw it. Let's do Terry Taylor and Al Perez managed by Gary Hart. <laughs> yeah. Makes Skiff Mania, baby. That tag team is the definition of the Wayne's World High we're in Delaware. <laughs> that tag team should be called uh, Neapolitan Ice Cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. I misjudged that year. Okay. Doom was Doom didn't start until 1998. Or 1989, excuse me. Correct. Um, yeah. 98. You know, that's not, that's like the second time I've done that as I've been looking and typing. I am going to pick uh, Junkyard Dog. I'm going to take my commentary team, and I'm going to make this my last pick. I'm going to take the commentary team of Jim Rock and Bob Cottle. Ooh, J.R. Bob Cottle. All right. We're picking commentators, too? Yes. Damn it! <laughs> Phil, tell me you don't listen to this show without telling me you don't listen to this show. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Phil's a busy man. I'm not Actually, I'm going to take that back. I will make one more pick after this, but go ahead, Phil, whenever you're ready. <laughs> but this being an audio podcast, you'll never see this, but it was funny to see Phil laugh and then just suddenly get very serious and look, <laughs> and look at the roster. <laughs> I'm, like, near lost for words at this moment. Ivan Koloff. Oh, oh, well, you did pick Nikita, right? I did pick Nikita. That that makes lots of sense. Okay, and I know you guys don't normally do referees in this draft, but just to make just just to make me I have a, something planned for him specifically, I'm going to take take a referee. I'm going to take Tommy Young. I was going to say, I'm like, you're about to take Tommy Young, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm done. So Phil, you kind of have free reign now. Okay. I oh, will wait. say there's been a pretty steep drop off in talent. <laughs> <laughs> do we have an opportunity for a wild card, or was there only the one wild card? Just the one. Oh shoot. Okay, that's fair. Free rain, he just books an entire Crockett Cup. <laughs> I mean, it's right there. Um, <laughs> no, that's I'm, I just thought of something that would be so ridiculously goofy that I, I'm going to have to say it, but I'm not picking it. The Russian Assassins, and at one point, the way I'm currently laying this out, it was going to be, it was going to have to be against. The, the original Midnight Express. <laughs> like, the level of goofiness that just went through my brain. <laughs> and then I started doing Freebirds or Anderson and Blanchard. I'm like, none of that. <laughs> none of it. I can't. Unfortunately, the, somebody I was just thinking of picking, I can't. <laughs> That's a very not maniacal laugh. <laughs> When, when, what year did um, Johnny Ace team with Shane Douglas? 
89. That was 89? They are, they, they are both on the roster, though. You could draft them both and make a tag team. Well, at this point, I'm out of people. So it's going to be a year early. Well, I guess I can't call them the Dynamite Dudes because they weren't the Dynamic Dudes until 1989. No, no one's stopping you. It's fine. <laughs> you could say that, that this is like the pilot episode. There you go. Okay, then we have the Dynamic Dudes of Johnny Ace. and uh, they come out with rollerblades instead. <laughs> they actually invented rollerblades, like Steve Allen invented the Pog. Right, there you go. <laughs> they went to the future with the new breed and got all this, all these cool gadgets. <laughs> Maybe they can be managed by the new breed. <laughs> and do I, ha- let me ask, do I have to pick a commentator team? No, no. Necessarily. It's a house show, no commentators. There you go, I rest my case, then. I'm good. Okay, so, we open things up to trade. You, honestly, I think I'm good. All right. Is there, is there anybody that Jay has, uh, Phil, that you want? No, I'm good. All right. So we'll take a break. You'll hear some commercials. We'll come back, and the guys will present their cards here on the A-Show on CKCC Radio. If you're looking for a podcasting channel with lots of shows in one spot, look no further than CKCC Radio. I'm Chris O'Mealy, the commissioner of CKCC Radio, and I'd like to tell you about some of the great shows you can listen to when you subscribe to our channel. You can check out The Nerd Table with myself and my co-hosts Eric and Dan as we review all kinds of nerdy topics on a weekly basis. You can also check out two shows by Jeff Trelowitz, the Ranking Tracks podcast and the Real Paranormal Talk podcast, where Jeff ranks songs on the album that he reviews and also talks about his real-life paranormal investigations while talking about famous stories as well. You can check out the Race Nerd podcast with Matt Hardman as he reviews all of the racing events of the past week. Check out Jay Bunny's Music Hub, where Jason Chin interviews various artists throughout the music industry and plays samples of their songs with their permission. Check out The A-Show and By The Numbers. Matt Derline, professional wrestling referee, hosts By The Numbers as he interviews wrestlers in matches that he himself has personally been the referee for. And on The A-Show, him and Chris Decker team up to draft rosters with special guests from various years in wrestling promotions. There's also the Board to Death binge cast where the Board to Death clan reviews easy-to-digestible chunks of television shows and movies for your enjoyment. There's also tons of other great shows, but there's too many to talk about here. So you'll just have to check out CKCC Radio at ckcradio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It's the most successful independent wrestling promotion of this generation. It's the place where the stars of today made their name. Now get the inside story of Ring of Honor from those that lived it with an honorable mention. Join Ring of Honor alumni Shane Hagedorn and his co-host Jeff Schwartz as they break down a classic Ring of Honor event every Tuesday and get the -the behind-the-scenes scoop and inside stories that you won't hear anywhere else. An honorable mention available every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. For exclusive bonus content, plus early ad-free access to every show, check out patreon.com slash anhonorablepod. We are back here on the A-Show CKCC Radio. Matt and Chris hanging out with you here on a Monday morning, and we are going to get into our cards here between Jared Hawkins from IWTV Guide and Phil Stamper from every promotion you could possibly think of, and Jared... Except that one. <laughs> this is I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Right, right. <laughs> I would do anything for love, but I won't work for CZW. Oh, we need, we need to have conver- <laughs> Matt. We need to have a conversation about something that was offered to me, but we're gonna we're gonna say that for another day. 
<laughs> were, were, were you were you were you offered to control your narrative? That no, I was not. Oh, Phil, please, if you could just be like a, a double agent. I have. You know what? I, to be fair, to be fair about it, I would not have an issue working with control your narrative. <laughs> but, but I might need to keep certain people a little bit away from me <laughs> to be able to function as a human being. <laughs> but eighty percent of their roster, I think, is totally fine. <laughs> so now, um. Jared is going to control the narrative of 1988 NWA. <laughs> Yay. And, um, Yay. So, before we start, Jared, how many of these are actual fights and how many of them are wrestling matches? <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody's shooting on anybody, but who the fuck knows? <laughs> and how many are, are, uh, God, what was the thing? It was like every, every, every match is fine, but you have to stick to your times. And yeah. there, will, there will be no hashtag super kick, hashtag hoping to a Steven. <laughs> now I'm just picturing the sheep herders doing Canadian destroyers. <laughs> so, Jared, take it away. You are up for your card. Okay, we are doing Starcade 88, December 26th from the Norfolk Scope in Norfolk, Virginia. We're going to open with the United States Tag Team Championship on the line. The Fantastic taking on Terry Taylor and Al Perez and Gary Hart in the corner. Uh, Terry Taylor and Al Perez are a fairly new team that Hart put together. Uh, they're kind of bickering with each other back and forth in the early going. They do get an advantage. They've got Tommy Rogers worked over for a while. Rogers makes the hot tag, gets caught. Perez holds hold Bobby Fulton. Terry Taylor goes to hit him. Miffy gets Perez instead. Fulton covers Perez for the pin in about 12 minutes to retain the title. After the match, Perek and Taylor start arguing with each other. Perek attacks Taylor. Taylor trying to leave the ring and lay, and lay him out. Match number two, going to be Dick Murdoch taking on Rick Steiner. Oh, yeah. And basically, it's a fairly short match, only about nine minutes. They just start beating the crap out of each other for a while. Murdoch goes for the brain buster. Rick Steiner slides behind, goes off the rope, level Murdoch with the Steiner line. One, two, three. Pretty straightforward. All right. From there... Got the World Television Championship. Mike Rotunda defending against Lex Luger. Because everybody thinks Luger's going to win the belt without an issue here. And he's controlling the, controlling the match late. Starts to cut up for the torture rack. Gets his eyes raked. Rotunda trips him up with a double leg takedown. Puts his feet on the rope. Tommy Young doesn't see it. One, two, three, 16 minutes. Rotunda with the upset to retain. Oh. That is absolutely something that would happen in the NWA in 1988. So match number four. I think perfect perfect match for the middle of the card here. No disqualification, no count out, no time limit. The Sheep Herders against the Road Warriors with Paul Ellering. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Let's fucking go. <laughs> uh, and pretty much anything they can do to each other, they do. They're using chairs. Yeah, they're, they're using all kinds of weapons. Both Sheep Herders are bloody messing because it's not a Sheep Herders match if they're not bleeding. <laughs> Yeah, Doomsday Device to Butch Miller, one, two, three, <laughs> about ten minutes. Was it Butch Miller or was it Pete Dunn? No, no, Pete, Pete Dunn is just Butch. He's not Butch Miller. <laughs> Only ten minutes? Ooh, I would have liked to go like a little longer. I, I, thought, I thought about that, but at the same time, like, I, I, I'm expecting these guys to go so hard that I'm expecting at least one of them to be blown up before ten minutes. Oh, well, oh, so it's okay. So, this, so they're like a firecracker. It's just it's going to go hard and fast, and then it's going to be over. Yeah. And, uh, 
Think, think of it. Think of the Midnight Express Fantastic Match from Clash of the Champions one with guys that are a lot bigger and and hitting each other with a lot more shit. And think of this, Chris. If if, if I could, if I could say, matches like that shouldn't go forever. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it should just be like an explosion of like death, and then like <laughs> be over. Not, not like Teddy Hart with the alleged chloroform porn on our uh, Wrestling Society X episode. Thank you, Ed, for Pod Van Dam. Because we're in NWA mode, when you said Teddy, my brain went long. <laughs> Whoa. That's a, a different kind of tag team match. Wow. Now I just imagine Teddy, Teddy Long on that cage in Ring of Honor doing that fucking double moonsault. Oh boy, Jared, please continue. <laughs> okay, match number five uh, for the United uh, for the Western State Heritage Championship. It is Larry Cabisco defending against Dusty Rhodes. Okay. They can set up with uh, Jim Ross pitches to a video package where they review what happened at the beginning of the year, where Baby Doll had a mystery set of photos that we never saw what they were, trying to blackmail Dusty. So we're hoping to get, finally get some resolution on that. Uh, spoiler alert, we don't. <laughs> oh, I was hoping that we found out that uh, that um, Dusty ended up being with uh, with um, Zabisco's wife, who was what Ganya's daughter. <laughs> like it was a three way. Zabisco's pissed. <laughs> well, Zabisco said before the match that if Dusty can win the title, he will give over the picture as well. Dusty is dom- dominating the later portion of the match. He hits the bionic elbow. He's too close to the rope. Zabisco barely gets the foot on the rope. Uh, Dusty goes to Zabisco on the rope. Zabisco reverses it. Gets caught. Dusty whips Zabisco into the rope. Backdrops him over the top rope. Referee calls for the disqualification because that rule sucked, but it was a rule they used all the time. So Dusty wins the match in 13 minutes by disqualification. Does not win the title. Therefore, does not get the picture. We still don't know what the fuck they are. They are, they are actually the pictures that Flair had of Miss Elizabeth five years later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll always remember how creepy Bobby Heenan sounded. I want to see him on the big screen. <laughs> Show me the centerfold. Okay, our semifinal for the World Tag Team Championship, the Midnight Brick with Jim Coronet defending against the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, this is going to be your typical Midnight Express Rock and Roll Express match. Rock Roll Express gets some shine early. Midnight Express get uh, get Ricky Morton selling. Get Ricky Morton selling. Get Ricky Morton selling. Hot tag to Robert Gibson. They cut Gibson off. Go it's double heat. They got Gibson selling. Gibson selling. Gibson selling. Hot tag to Morton. Typical double t- double team move from them. Double drop kick. Cornette's on the apron for the distraction. Morton goes over. Grabs Jim Cornette. Gets ready to gets ready to hit him. While that's going on, Bobby Eaton grabs the tennis racket, nails Morton in the back with it. Stan Lane covers one, two, three, twenty-five minutes. Oh, I'd be so pissed. So from there, we get uh, Jim Ross and Bob Connell pitching to our setup for our main event, and it's from about ten days earlier on the on the uh, TBS studio. Flair's talking about how he doesn't have an opponent for Starcade because he's beaten everybody. He's beaten Luger. He's beaten Rhodes. He's yeah. There's, there's nobody left in the NWA that can challenge him. And Jerry Lawler walks onto the set and says, you're right, there's nobody left in the NWA that can take your title. But when I won this belt in May, 
I called out all the so-called world champions that are really just company champions. I called you out. I called Savage out. I called Von Eric out. Von Eric's the only one who answered. And now I've got his belt. Now I'm done waiting for you guys to come to me. I'm coming for you. I want your belt. So they set the challenge, and it's made two out of three falls to unify the NWA, AWA, and world-class world champions. Rick Flair, Rick Flair with J.J. Dillon in the corner taking on Jerry the King Lawler. Lawler wins the first fall in about 18 minutes with the pile driver. Second fall comes around. Flair gets Lawler up for a suplex. Lawler counters into a small package, gets two. Flair reverses that into a package of its own, gets the pin. We're about 30 minutes in. It's one to one. Third fall's going in. We're late in the match. Tommy Young goes down. Lawler grabs a chain out of his, out of his tight, goes to hit Flair with it. Flair ducks, levels Lawler with it. They wrestle for another minute or two. As Tommy Young is starting to come to, Lawler sets up for another pile driver. Flair backdrops out of it. Lawler's holding the legs, going for a sunset flip. Flair sees the chain on the ground, is able to grab it, pops Lawler in the forehead with it, cut, puts the chain in Lawler's trite, covers one, two, three, 47 minutes. Flair wins and unifies all three belts. And because, oh, and, and because it's Virginia, it, the crowd goes creaky for it because Lawler's the outsider, Flair's their guy. So Flair's the maybe fake, even though he cheated to win. Ooh, unified all three belts. Shit. That's even the AWA belt. That's, yep, AWA, World Class, and NWA World Champion Ric Flair at the end of that. That is a great card. I was hoping Tommy Young was going to get fireballed, though. And might have, might have, eh, I didn't even think about that. But it might have happened if I got Gilbert, but if I got Lawler, I wouldn't have needed Gilbert for that. I didn't even think of it. Hmm. What was going to say? All right, press conference real quick. Are we positive that that, that uh, Midnight's and Rock and Roll Express match didn't happen verbatim on another show that we watched? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the format works, we'll run with it, but... I'm not there to disagree. I, 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 I'm not, I wasn't picking any specific match to get that idea. I was just thinking, okay, but those, those two teams can need to go a while, so you need double heat. Uh, if you took every Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express match, and put it into one of those computer simulators where they had to watch all of it, that's exactly what the computer would come with for a match. <laughs> I mean, like someone where it's like, I made a robot watch a thousand hours of Olive Garden commercials and then write one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love I love these Brett Dickens meat cost twenty bucks, motherfucker. <laughs> so now we turn it over to Phil for his card. So at the Great American Bash in Greensboro, North Carolina, at the Greensboro Coliseum, the it starts with a battle between the former young Texas Broncos tag partners of Kendall William, or excuse me, Kendall Windham versus Dustin Rhodes. Uh, you know, hot-headed partners just got too hot for them. Uh, you know, they, they let their egos get to each other. That's why they split, have a hot contested battle, just open up the, open up the night. Um, and they end respectfully, dust, uh, Kendall beats Dustin handshake at the end of the match. I debated, I debated if I should have Dustin like slap him after the handshake and walk away to set up for the next time, but, but I'm gonna leave that hanging for a minute. Matt, oh, it goes nine minutes. Match number two, the original Midnight Express, Dennis Condry and Randy Rose with Paulie Dangerously versus the dynamic dudes of Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas. Goes about ten minutes. Honestly, it's gonna be a little half goofy, and in the end, Paulie helps with the win. Uh, probably handing, handing in, you know, the brick-sized cell phone to bash over somebody's head to help, help get the victory. Um, so the original Midnight Express pull out with a victory. 
insert Polly's like, joke about. Oh, yeah, you can tell your joke first, Matt. <laughs> Polly's like six years from now. Oh, I stole my joke. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Douglas, you won't be on rollerblades or a skateboard, and you're gonna be talking shit about half of this locker room. <laughs> And somewhere Missy Hyatt's in the background just with her arms crossed, just shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to return that volley hurt. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> the UWF champion, Dr. Death Steve Williams, defends his championship against Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Nice. Match goes 11 minutes, and can you just say amazing? Um, the finish comes when Eddie Gilbert... Tries to go for a fireball at one point, but Dr. Oh, Death kicks it out of Gilbert's hand, blinding him for a moment to allow him to hit a Sayedo suplex for the win. Meanwhile, not Trajan Horn walks down the stairs of the Music Youth Center. <laughs> no, that was not, oh, what was his name? I can't remember his last name. Before we, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sitting in Scranton, and we're going, what can we do? And we go, could Phil throw a fireball? And then Brad Texas, and you go, I've never thrown a fireball before. It was so much fun. <laughs> I got, I got a lot of good, I got a lot of good stuff out of that with Kit Rat for a long time. <laughs> Match number four between Junkyard Dog and Ivan Koloff in a Russian chain match. And because it's the NWA in 1988, it's really just a dog collar match, but they're going to keep calling it a Russian chain match. <laughs> Go, goes about 12 minutes long, um, and it's like, you know, Junkyard gets busted open. Ivan really doesn't get busted open. He just gets some of Junkyard's blood on it. Um, but in the end, it's Junkyard that goes over for the victory against Ivan Koloff in the Russian chain match. Let's go, USA, USA. Um, uh, while I want to see that match, I kind of cringe at the thought of JYD going 12 minutes in 1988. But. I, I debated. I went back and forth. <laughs> and like, should it be a little shorter? But the reason I kept it where it is is because then the next match is Kevin Sullivan versus Bam Bam Bigelow at 10 minutes. And it's just it's just sort of like a brawl. They're just brawling everywhere. It's a big old fight. Um, in the end, it's Kevin Sullivan with, with the victory against Bam Bam Bigelow at about 10 minutes. So you had Bam Bam who could easily go 12-plus in 1988, go 10, and Junkyard Dog, who could go, like, 4, realistically. <laughs> but it's... Including the, entrance. The, uh, the whole point is, though, with a gimmick match like a chain match, you can, you can work it out. You can stretch things out, because uh, you can stand there in 1988 for a minute and a half holding the chain like a tug-of-war, not really... not pulling on each other for... Five minutes of that match, and and people would be hot. Yeah, and if you and if you're doing the four the drag the four corners gimmick, yeah, I don't care. They actually have to drag him. You just kind of lie there and pretend you're dragging him. No, right. <laughs> There's ways to do it. Right. So let's okay. So let's say it's the four corners one. At one point, he puts the the chain in his mouth and is pulling back to stop Ivan from reaching the last turnbuckle. Big pop when he suckers them in, and then it's up going. There we go. There you go. Okay. Help me rewrite that and clean it a little bit more. What am I helping you for? <laughs> I was going to say, that, that is not a way to appear on the show four times in one season, Jared. No. <laughs> yeah. My Jared goes, hold 
on, let me clean this up a little bit. <laughs> you, you gave me a little bit of inspiration. I was taking, I was taking the, the muse voice. So in match six, so I can't remember. Did you did you take the NWA World Tag Team Titles or I did you did? Okay, never mind. Okay. Because they, I, I picked this team because they were the tag champions, but I couldn't remember if we where we put the title. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I took them with the Minetic correct, like my second pick. So. Okay, cool. Um, so Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard versus the Fabulous Freebirds. Um, at uh, follow me on this one because this is the one I had like the most fun in my brain imagining. Because I think, I think at first you you might get a little bit of the nice some nice technical wrestling, but at the same time mixed in with like the the flair that you would get with the fabulous Freebirds mixed in. But at both times in this match, at some point, each team tries to cheat subtly. Somewhere in the middle of the match, the original Midnight Express with Paulie come out partway and they're standing on the stage just to watch the match in that way that Paulie would do. Just kind of stand there and shake his head, like kind of pointing nonsensically at the ring, like, yeah, yeah, you see? Yeah. Um <laughs> They get to a spot in the match where each team tries to cheat, but each time each team tries to cheat, they get caught by the ref. But while the ref is finally distracted with the second opportunity to cheat, all of them pull out nucks and punch each other for a giant double down. Oh, my God. They all four pull out nucks. All four go down. Um, in the end, it is Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard scoring the victory over the fabulous Freebirds. Because it's the year that they're going to win the, the tag team championship. So, it kind of makes them look good. I hope so, every single one of those nuts, by the way, identical as them. They all bought them from the same retailer. Yes. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. There is a match on the Clash of the Champions that happened at center stage. That actually, Arn Anderson is in. And it's a heel against heel tag match. <laughs> Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton against Greg Valentine and Dick Slater. And if I'm remembering the match correctly, they just try to like one up each other and out cheat the other team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> excellent. My my brain is now like, of course, because you know, a little bit of revision after I wrote this. Like, I can see like at least two of them having nucks, but two of them ha- might have to have like a roll of quarters in their hands. So when all four of them punch at the same time, like there's an explosion of things. <laughs> A chain and quarters and nuts. And- right, it's just it, just things go flying. And even if the ref sees all of the cheating implements, they all did it to each other. Who you're going to disqualify? Everyone. No, not in the logic of this match. <laughs> no, no, you get no, a brass knuckle for made in Atlanta. They're American brass knuckle because they're not a foreign object. Exactly. <laughs> match number seven is for the United States title. It's uh, Barry Windham de- defending against Nikita Koloff. Um, this match goes about 12 minutes. Barry Windham pins Nikita Koloff in an amazing back-and-forth battle. At some point, of course, Barry's going to be busted open with the U.S. title that was thrown in by Ivan Koloff, who was injured, and just at that moment ran in just to throw the title at at Nikita so he would get busted open. It doesn't work. And in, injured Ivan, that's all he had left in him from that match before. So he's just sitting, like, now against the, like, the barricade on the outside of the ring, like, oh, I can't believe it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did that go? Oh, I can't believe that didn't work. <laughs> In my probably as good of, Ir- of Irish, Ireland accent. Where did that come from? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's now my new name. I am now the Ireland Sheik. <laughs> the very God. Irish Ivan Koloff. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Um, 
Tough the morning to you, nothing there, Kira. <laughs> and then in your main event, I mean, where else would you put these two? For the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, Macho Man versus Sting, it goes 29 minutes and 30 seconds, because it's, it's a 30-minute time limit. We're going to say it's a 30-minute time limit for whatever reason. Macho Man, in the last second, able to score the victory over Sting with an elbow off the top. I kind of went back and forth on this because I was like, Sting, like, young-blooded, Sting, hot, heavy fan base. Him winning the title at that time would have blown the the top off the Greensboro Coliseum. Um, at the same time, it's Macho Man, and Macho Man is also on top of the world at that point, and in the WWF, which still is the bigger brand. Uh, so I'm going to say WWF. Macho Man wins, keeps the championship, but it goes almost to the time limit draw. And of course, commentary the whole time is saying like, "Oh my gosh, they're not going to make it's almost time. We won't have a winner." And then it, <laughs> with what commentators still? I, uh, uh, the, <laughs> the commentators in my brain. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think I kind of screwed you down to David Crockett at this point. Oh, <laughs> David Crockett and Missy Hyatt. <laughs> get, get him, thing. Get him, thing. Get him. He got him. He got him. Get him. Was Gordon Sully still around? He was not in the NWA in 88, though. Uh, so, two very strong cards. And now you, the listeners of the A-Show, get to go to our Twitter, at the A-Show, on CKCC, and vote for who you think <laughs> should advance to the Tournament of Champions. Matt, Lippy. I have an idea. Yeah. All right. Of these two cards, now since we are unbiased here, uh, if we can, if, if we can very quickly uh, decide between both cards, what do you think was the most 1988 NWA match between both the cards? Uh, from huh. what explain. If I had to pick one, it would be on Jared's card with the Mike Rotunda, Lex Luger, feet on the ropes as the most NWA 1988 match of the show. And I'd probably say Jared's Midnights and Rock and Rolls. Okay. Hey, that, that not a slight on Phil's card, but just a mm-hmm. uh, some uh, mm-hmm. some, un, some unbiased talk about just uh, things that we uh, we should uh, start thinking about. Like that's a, that's a cool little segment at the end. Yeah. Who do you think had the most 1988 NWA card? I mean, that's not how you have to base your vote, but it could be at the A Show on CKCC on Twitter, Jared. Uh, what do you have to plug tonight? Okay, well, as I mentioned earlier, my podcast, IWTV Guide, where we go over what's going on independent wrestling TV, or Joe Fosta would call it, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Uh, <laughs> go over the schedule, or wrestling spotlight on independent <coughs> wrestler, and the yeah, and some card we review some kind of card that's on the archive. The episode that should have dropped by the, either, either will drops in the next day or two. We're gonna have Ed from Pod Van Dam on talking Dove Pro from Japan. You know, if you've never heard Ed from Pod Van Dam on a podcast, you're in for a treat. I have no idea where the conversation is going to take us, but we have not recorded that act of the recording yet, but I can guarantee you it's not going to stick to Japanese wrestling for very long. <laughs> Regular listeners of our show will have heard Ed probably three times at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So if you listen to this show, you will know exactly what you're getting out of Ed I mean, we already mentioned um, alleged chloroform porn murder. <laughs> that, 
that was an Ed thing. <laughs> yeah, Ed was still very disappointed that a lot of his stuff got edited out of that one episode, by the way. <laughs> but, um, so it was we had to be a Patreon. <laughs> we we had our reasons that couldn't be fully public. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'm not saying you were guy go wrong. I'm just saying okay, it was a thing for a while. As far as as far as shows I'm working, I'm taking most of the month of April off. Uh, my my son and my fiance both have April birthday, and they both fall on Saturdays this year. So uh, not not doing too much. I will be uh, refereeing for Real Action Pro Wrestling at the Highland Center in Southern Ohio on April 16th, and then I'll be uh, managing at Rubber City Wrestling in Talmadge, Ohio, on April 23rd. Those are the only two dates I have as far as wrestling goes in the month of April. Uh, I do also have a Twitch stream that I've been doing WWE 2K22 on, twitch.tv forward slash refjayhawk. I had a, through a, it might still be up on my Twitch, but it's got the recording, I haven't deleted it, and I probably won't bother, because it's only up two weeks anyway. But I was doing a Money in the Bank ladder match, and I was getting pissed, and I think it was very entertaining for everybody who wasn't me. Go <laughs> <laughs> so check that out. And you can also follow me on Twitter, at refjayhawk as well. All right, thanks, and Phil. Where can we see you coming up? Um, so after a weekend of having, you know, my first singles matches back in wrestling in over four years on within two days, I don't have anything for a couple of weeks because apparently a promoter forgot that he booked me. And so four days before the weekend, I don't have anything this coming weekend. I'm not going to Mania Week because that's insane. Um... And so I don't have anything until April. So right now what I'm going to plug is uh, I am also the creator of the independent wrestling calendar. I also put out the Mania Week calendar, both of which I put on all of my social media, which you can find at Trust in Phil. That's on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Snapchat. Um, look up Trust in Phil on your social media platforms. You will find me there. Um, I will let everybody know where I'm going to be at, where you can see it. Upcoming on IWTV, Paradigm Pros, uh, UWFI, uh, Grand, uh, uh, Grand Prix, and my match against Dustin Leonard. That'll be coming out soon, as well as the episode from The Badass Pro, as well as Wrestle With This, um, from this past weekend. Those should both also be out very, very soon. But in the meantime, check me out on social media. Thank you, Phil. Um, I, after taking the month of March off from wrestling due to being an Irish step dance dad, and having many Irish step dance responsibilities, will be returning to the ring April 9th at Excite Wrestling's Anger Management at the X in Johnson City, New York, featuring former Impact World Champion Josh Alexander. Also, nice. Dan Barry will be on the card. <laughs> How'd you make it sound like that? You're like, also Dan Barry. <laughs> so, funny story. Oh, no. I don't know if I've told this story on the air. But Dan thought it was hilarious that he did it to me. Um, I'm already liking it. So, like, he thought it was just a random car he did this to. So, we worked the uh, Impact One Night Only Night of the Dummies at, at the Excite Wrestling's uh, old venue at the American Legion in Binghamton. Leave the show, get in the car, driving home, stop for gas, open up where my gas cap is, an envelope falls out. Oh, yes. Dan Barry put his empty pay envelope under the door (laughs) to my gas cap. (laughs) So, 
I sent him a message online I'm like, hey Dan, you could have at least left the money in there. <laughs> yeah. he, he just goes, that was your car? That makes this even more hilarious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man, so, so we'll be funny. we'll be at the X <laughs> okay. in Johnson City, New York, April 9th. Should be available at twitch.tv slash Excite Wrestling. All of our shows are typically live there. And then May 14th, I make my debut for High Tension Wrestling. We'll be at the Mall at Steamtown. I'll see nice. you there. Oh, awesome. The marketplace at Steamtown, actually, because it's not really a mall anymore. It has, like, a college campus and a gym a and dentist. A, a dentist and an aquarium. Did you know the mall has an, an aquarium, aquarium now, Phil? Wow. Yeah, it's not that great. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if they like well, the aquarium at my mall, that's, like, four fish. But uh, This has about seven. Okay, okay yeah, pretty close. There's a fan fest from 12 to 6. No idea what's happening at that. And then the matches start at 7 o'clock. I'm presuming that it'll be upstairs in front of Crunch Fitness, because when I worked for PPW in the mall, that's where it was. That's the biggest open space. That's not, like, at in, like in front of the aquarium at Center Court. It's an easy place to, like, make people have to pay admission to get into the show. <laughs> Without being able to just, like, randomly wander around the mall and just watch. So, May 14th, High Tension Wrestling. I'll be there. Phil will be there. Previous winner from this season, Coach Sean Calvin with Kit Raff will be there. Yeah, Kit Raff! I believe Trajan's going to be there. The big old reunion. I I saw uh, Weber Hatfield, formerly uh, Boomer Hatfield, is booked for this. Tommy Vex. With Mary Elizabeth, they'll be there. It's going to be so much fun. How? Oh, God. So while we've been talking, I've also been working on the independent wrestling calendar because that's kind of what I do. And very convenient that you brought up Tommy Vex because I've just now found my favorite name for a venue ever. Okay. <laughs> this is a venue out of Texas. It's called the Roundem Up Cowboy Church. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been like scouring, like, I'm like, how is this a, like, how is it a roundup cowboy church? Like, I need to understand. All I've seen so far are pictures of what looks like a rodeo, but everything I can see that describes the venue talks about faith is more than a religion. It's about your relationship between person and God. Together we make faith worth living where the trail begins. Celebrate God how you celebrate God. Is this at the roundabout cowboy church wrestling venue? Yeah. Yeah, apparently there's an event there on April 16th in Texas. Smash Mouth Wrestling in Wills Point, Texas. And the website, I'm not going to lie, like, I'm not trying to plug them. I have no association with them whatsoever. But the URL is LitTherBeFight.com. <laughs> Let there be fight. I was going to one-up and say, uh, I, I'm actually, uh, I meant to say this before. You know, I'm only like 40 minutes from the Greensboro Coliseum right now, where I'm where I'm staying. Oh, cool. I was so excited to bring this up. Not as excited as the Roundem Up Cowboy Church. <laughs> I have been in the Greensboro Coliseum before. I, for, I a, for, for a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I, drew, I think I drove past to going to Myrtle Beach once. I'm about close I've ever been to it. but When we drive oh, well. to Disney this summer, maybe we will drive by the Greensboro Coliseum. I don't know. No, that would be way out of the way. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> if you, this yeah. will be... The book will have already aired by the time this happens, but I'm, I'm actually 
Even though I'm not booked, I'm actually going to New Jersey for the Super 8. That's awesome. Yeah, I, cool. yeah. Well, there's supposed to be a referee seminar with your ECW original referees, and they canceled that, but I already bought the Super 8 ticket by the time they canceled it. I'm like, oh, fuck it, it's already paid for I'll still make the trip. I didn't know they canceled. Okay, I'm putting that off my calendar. <laughs> yeah, but the only reason I knew they canceled it was they refunded me my money. I went, what the fuck? But, yeah, but uh, I'm, I think on the way home, can Philadelphia is only like an hour and a half away from the venue. I'm going to go ahead and make the trip to Philly get, and go to Pat and get some cheesesteak, and I'll probably just drive by the old ECW arena while I'm there. I have no bookings coming up, but I got a promotion at work. Hooray! So, that's all I got. <laughs> that's a good thing. Like, that's a good oh. thing. Oh, it's a very good thing. More money, more money, more money. Uh, shout out to Pro Wrestling After Dark, who just followed us on Twitter. Ooh. Where our friend Peter DeLong does commentary. That's right. So, plugs. At the A Show on CKCC on Twitter and Instagram. We don't have a Facebook page, because I don't have Facebook, and Decker just doesn't do that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm bad at all Social media, that's mine, and I'm not even good at mine. <laughs> um, we are part of the CKCC Radio Network, the Club Kayfabe Creative Community. Thank you to Chris O'Mealy, who, by the way, is here next week. I was going to say, on, uh, programming note. <laughs> yeah, taking on John Ibach, and they'll be drafting the new Ring of Honor. We certainly didn't record it last week, and then Decker won, so now we can't use it. Maybe we'll release that as a Patreon exclusive as well. That is what iBox suggested? He's like, hey, can we do it as a Patreon? I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, I guess. You you already edited it, so I mean. No, I didn't. When I saw you were winning, I didn't bother to edit it. (laughs) Well, fuck it then. (laughs) Put the unedited version up. Fuck it. There are so many pauses. So much dead air. I'm like um, I'm I'm genuinely interested in where that went, where that conversation went. Well, it's the same uh, topic, just now with Ibach against O'Mealy. You know okay. what? Since since that's not going up, the last thing we're going to do on this episode is since nobody's going to hear my Max Caster rap, I'm going to do it one more time. So on the show, is now <laughs> a good time to end the episode before we all get canceled. <laughs> it can be edited out, so. My main event for Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor, <laughs> Super Card of Honor, was going to be 12 Van Tag, Cody and Brandy versus Miro, Perry, FTR, claimed with Tully and Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> and the acclaimed were going to come out with Tully and Tessa, and Max Caster was going to say, listen! Listen, the acclaimed here finally made it to Ring of Honor. Bummer, you're not as cool as Tessa's father. You know, Tully was a champ before I was even born and got right out of the business before I started listening to Korn. And then we got Tessa on our left. Or we, and, and, or let, let me just uh, go. How about you? Please got, just reset that one. <laughs> got Tessa, she's on our left, and we brought her out of retirement so we can get a fat check. The acclaimed are here and are in the main event, and after we all get paid, you can all just get bent. <laughs> Woo! I've heard work. That, yeah, that's fair. That's not to get listened to. Oh, boy. So, that, 
We are on CKCC Radio. If you go to CKCCRadio.com, you can check out all of the programs that we have. You can also go to soon to be named network.com, our podcast adjacent friends and all of their shows. You can check out the Hooligans and Pops with Irish Kev and Rick. You can check out an honorable mention with Shane Hagedorn, who is Chris Decker's favorite wrestler, and Jeff Schwartz. You can check out Not Another Sports Podcast with Jason and David, and then Jason also does the Punk Popcast. Also, our friends at the IWEP Network listen to all of their stuff. They have several shows as well. And listen to IWTV Guide, too. Thank you. And Pod Van Dam. This is going to be tough for our listeners to decide. Wish you were on that Twitter machine. We're, we're not a video podcast, but Phil's got the uh, snidely whiplash thing going. I was hoping he had the, the Mike Quackenbush one finger thing demo. <laughs> like that. There we go. There we go. He didn't speak in the proper cadence oh, during this entire episode. I find your accusation. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Until next week, this is the A Show. <laughs> Good night, everybody.